This is Daylight and Moonshine with me, Family Reunion G. This is all family right here, y'all. Like, and um, we used to hang out a lot. And Jimmy moved, and that was our <laughs> that was our hangout spot. So we blame him, and we have to meet soon. Today's topic uh, will be a part two of the misconception of gay. Uh, today we have. Um, RJ coming back along with Jimmy and Natasha's joining us and Raymond's also joining us. Uh, Elsa will not be on this episode today um, due to she's just spending time with family and that's super important. We will miss her, but the show must go on. So we will definitely have a good show. Stick with us. We'll be back. Back to the damn podcast, y'all. Episode 31. And like I mentioned before, today is a part two of the misconception of gay. Uh, the last episode, we had a very deep conversation. And hopefully, I know I learned a whole lot. Hopefully, the people that were listening, the damn listeners learned a lot right along with me. And uh, we're going to continue that learning process and that sharing process uh, with our guests today. So, Welcome back to the damn podcast, Jimmy and RJ, and welcome for the first time. We saw Natasha peek in before, but this is this is her real debut. Uh, welcome, Natasha and Raymond, to the damn podcast. Yes, oh, yes, thank you, yes. thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so today, um, it, it it was definitely a need for a part two because you cannot cram in everything that needed to be discussed in one hour plus long episode you know this is a a heavy topic that need to be sort of spread out over actually more than two episodes maybe we'll come back again who knows <laughs> uh, but um the perspective of raymond and natasha to me is very important because they are two individuals that could very easily just pass us straight and me being a straight clearly i cannot <laughs> uh, me i'll rewind back years ago and i have a couple stories to tell and i'm curious to, to to know what you guys think about it but i say it that way because years ago my thought process and i'm sure a lot of other people is well if you can pass for straight then why not just you know pass for straight of course i get it now uh back then i definitely did not get it like what is that <laughs> you know what does that even mean it's so offensive to even think that 
now. Um, but once again, this is here uh, to provide people that still have that that sort of mentality, that, that way of thinking is to provide them some light. Um, so um, how you guys doing today? Natasha, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm feeling chill. I feel relaxed. I'm off work. So I feel good. Best part of the day when you when you're done with work. <laughs> I got my baby here. <laughs> Raymond, Raymond. And your other baby right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jimmy and Raymond, that's uh they're twins. I don't know if you guys noticed or not. <laughs> I'm knocking our twinship now. Come on it's a, now. It's an ongoing if these thing. names weren't here, y'all would be so confused. <laughs> uh, uh, right, love with the glasses. How you doing today, Raymond? Well, I'm doing actually doing great. I can't complain. Um, I'm hoping for some warmer weather, obviously, being Jamaican, this back and forth flirting <laughs> with 80s and 90s and Going back to 60s is not really sitting well with me, but away from the man doing good. Can't complain. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. RJ, how you doing? I had a rough day at work. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But I'm good. When I got home to my baby, she made me feel better. That's what it's all yeah. about. That's definitely <laughs> what it's all about. Mr. Jimmy Lee Lord, how are you doing today? I'm good. It was a relaxing day, a little yard work, and and I'm here. Absolutely. So happy to have you all here. Um, I'm not going to stretch this episode on too long, but I truly appreciate every single one of you taking time out of your day for this. I know you could be somewhere relaxing or doing something else. I truly appreciate you taking the time out, each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Um no Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I have a, an extended list on top of the list of, of things that we went through the first time. I wanted to share a few things. Um, right off bat, one is public displays of affection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, once again, I'll, I'll go back and forth. When I tell my stories, it's, it's OG and current G, unfortunately. But I wanted to share a story that I did not get a chance to share last time about me and my ex, me and my, my daughter's mom, my kid's mom. We were at an IHOP years ago, and my daughter was a toddler, I believe. She was like toddler age. And we're just there eating and enjoying ourselves, something that we rarely did. We didn't really do stuff like that. So this was like a rare occasion we're out. And there was this young same-sex couple that was young because that was the thing that sort of stood out to me. They were kind of young. And they were just going at it in a booth next to us. <laughs> so at that moment, it was pretty, for me, it was like, whoa, you know, you, you you, you can't be prepared for that type of conversation, especially with such a young child. And on one hand, I felt like, okay, well, there, you know, two people making out, it's not a big deal. I had never seen two straight folks making out in front of my daughter. So it was the overwhelming feeling of how do you explain people kissing and they were just going at it pretty heavy. 
one, and then two, them being the same sex to a child that young. So we tried our best to avoid it. Like we literally made her switch sides and um, it was just awkward, really awkward. We just kind of looked at each other and we talked about it a little bit afterwards, but I wanted to get your, each and every one of your opinions on that. Like the way I feel about public displays of affection, there is whether, regardless of sex, there is etiquette, (laughs) you know, you do little nibbles and little feels and touches and all that stuff in public, but just like, you know, you feel like a, a, a you know, private part is going to be whipped out in two seconds to me is just too damn much and with anybody. That's how I feel about anybody just in general. So for me or for for each one of you, how how do you feel about public displays of affection just down the line? Is it appropriate just in general? And anybody can jump in there and answer that. Um, I'll say this. It, it, it's weird that, you know, he, I think that's more of an American thing where it's like, you know, so much stuff is taboo that isn't in other places. Well, it depends on the place, I guess, too, because um, some places, you know, you can barely hold hands without, you know, uh, causing a big scene. <laughs> but A, it's almost like we demonize love. So you know that there are going to be people in the world that you see out who are going to show affection to one another. So uh, that's that. Now, one thing I will say, uh, if it's your approach, what you're saying, where I don't care if it's, you know, gay or straight, you know, if it's just over the top, then that's a problem, you know, then I I agree with that. You know, that's cool. You know, if it's like one of those get a room type situations, then whatever. But at the same time, even, even when it is extreme, if the only reason you're mad about it is because it's a gay couple, then that's a problem. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm one personally, I match the energy of the person I'm with. I could, we could walk down the streets and never touch hands. We could walk down the street, kissing every block. I don't, whatever, whatever works for that person is cool with me. Um, I was just literally telling the story a couple nights ago while I was in Chicago Uh, My ex and I were down at Buckingham uh, Fountain, and I literally, I almost had to whoop a homeless man's ass. How are you going to be homeless and homophobic? (laughs) Like, dude, you you didn't even get a house. So, um, but we were literally sitting, we weren't kissing, we weren't doing anything, but we were sitting on a park bench on one of the benches in front of the fountain holding hands. And he just started going in, going in on us. And next thing you know, I'm going back at them, you know, so it, it almost got ugly, but it did not. So so for some people, that's what bothers them. Now, yeah. unfortunately, though, G, a lot of people will hide behind the whole, well, I don't care if it's gay or straight um, uh, philosophy, too, when they walk past many straight couples doing worse and haven't said a word. So, yeah. you know, people will still hide behind that whole um, thing. So, but I'll shut up after that and let you guys take it. So, you know, I think this, cause this is a, this is something that I dealt with on a personal level of how to, you know, show affection to the person that I'm with. And, you know, I guess born and raised in Jamaica, there is a different mindset and a different mentality 
Because I remember when I started dating or said that I was in this lifestyle, I don't care who you were, you couldn't have touched me in public. You couldn't have hold my hands in public. You couldn't have done, you couldn't have make any type of gesture. Mm-hmm. Even if you were like my friend and you put your hands around my shoulder as a guy, I would back away from that. So those are stuff that I used to run away from. As I become more comfortable with myself, I realize it's nothing is wrong with that. But there's a limit to everything. Like, just think of watching a rated R movie versus a PG-13 movie. You know, I like to stay in the PG-13 lane. Some things are left to the, should be left to the imagination, especially the type of environment you're around. If I'm in in an environment that I know there are kids or individual who may think that what I'm doing may not suit their believed uh and they have kids around then i won't necessarily be that affectionate to who i'm with um but if i am in say a setting of an adult setting i really don't care um how affectionate i am because you can be affectionate to who you are and i'm not going to judge you based on that but I, i think it would still be the same if i was a straight man and kids was present i would have restricted what I do and how I do it around those individual, um, the same. Uh, I think nothing is wrong with showing public affection, but there's a time, a space for that. And depending on the explicity of what is going on. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. I mean, there's only so much PDA that I, I want to see. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to see all that in, in public. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Um, and some people, like like Jimmy said, you know, um, they really would only look twice if if it was a, a same sex or same gender couple. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't even know if you know that I really wasn't even comfortable with PDA. I mean, like uh, Raymond, you know, I wasn't. Well, my family's from the Caribbean, so that already was just internalized. In myself, I, I found it a little weird, you know, when mother and, and, and daughters and stuff held hands and stuff like, like it just it just made me uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I, I really was not comfortable showing PDA holding hands probably about 20 years ago because I was, you know, nervous of the stairs and, and stuff like that. But I'm way more comfortable now. You would never know because now you're holding hands. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's somebody, there's somebody part grabbing, uh, you know, in the grocery stores and in malls and stuff like that. But I'm completely comfortable because I'm comfortable in who I am. We're not doing anything oh, inappropriate. Difference in the world. Yeah. Huh? I said being comfortable with yourself makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really does. You, you yeah. know, I mean, the outside people, none of that matters. We're not, you know get a room status, you know, we're not doing any of that. We're really just showing our affection towards each other, like we would do around friends, family, and our own home. Well, (laughs) (laughs) all can talk. Not really, but just the normal stuff, you know. You said something that's really valid, though. When you says stuff you do around your family, if you yeah. don't think you could do it around your family, then you shouldn't be doing that in public. Exactly. That's, well, hey, I agree. And that, and that's that's yeah. almost that's almost what it seemed like. They were teenagers, I believe, and it almost seemed or felt like we cannot do this anywhere else. So they were going on. They were, you know, how the the IHOPs 
benches are their benches. They're comfortable. They were damn near laying down in those in in the bench, and it's a restaurant. You know, like that's too much. It's it's too much. And and like I said, it felt like they were just. But what Natasha and Raymond just said, what you would do in front of your family, you also have to understand, too, that different people, you know, look at it differently and different people will do different things around their family, too. So, you know, you have to if you're in public, you should be prepared to see anything honestly, um, because, you know, people can, you know, for some, for some person, French kissing is too much. For somebody else, just we might do a peck. Somebody else, we'll just hold hands. But you could get any rain, anywhere in that range, you know, so the spectrum is wide. So, hell, you might see somebody doing worse in public. And that, so, that was, you know, yeah. That was, that was yeah, it for me. <laughs> that was, that was it for me. And, um, it was basically like, and Jimmy knows me well, like I'm usually, I usually think three, four or five steps ahead. I was completely unprepared as a parent to have that conversation. You know, you think about like the birds and the bees and all this conversation that you're going to eventually have with your kids. And now it's, you know, PDA and same sex, this conversation I have to have at the same time with this little girl that I was completely unprepared for. So it, it really caught me off guard. But you know what the funny thing though, G, is that things have changed so much that young people, kids are so much more exposed, oh, and exposed now that they almost don't bat an eye to it. We're still harboring the you know, 30 years, 30 and 40 years of weird shit that we've been instilled or whatever. But these kids are so mad and I. But as a Even parent, it still has to, to be a son, conversation. My son didn't blink. But as a parent, that's what I'm saying. It still has to be a conversation. You know, yeah. that, okay. that's the part. Yeah, that's just I the think part. It's, well, what I'm saying is I think it's harder for you than it is for them. Quite possible. Are, yeah, absolutely. And then like, okay, me, me back then was a, a heavy overthinker. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. You said back then you were an overthinker? Back then, my friend, yeah. Right. You said man, that. I I grow but, but, I grow yeah. and develop, man. Yeah, this ain't this ain't the same OG. No, but G, yeah. I'll, I'll but G, but I don't think that G you you'd have, if it was a guy and a girl, as a I'm not a parent, but I just to think of how as a parent, what I would want to see. I don't think I would want to see my toddler watching two people making not at all regardless of their sexual orientation and that's why i said like for me it was two it was two things that but was, remember to some people take it to the extreme because i don't know if you guys remember there was the thing on the news a while back about the teacher who had the uh photo on their desk it was like their wedding photo and they were a same-sex couple and some parents were making a big deal about that. And there was no kissing on it or anything. I think they were just in the photo together. These so, so some people just TV. go to an extreme. You said what, RJ? These kids see worse stuff on TV. But, Gee, what if what if you were at a movie and you, you didn't know, you know what I'm saying, a certain scene was going to come up? You know what I'm saying? You just like, ooh. And, right, and that, that had happened. Even with cartoon movies and my daughter immediately closes her eyes. Before I could even cover her eyes, 
And just like Natasha and Raymond was saying, me and their mom, we were together for years and they wouldn't see too much more than a peck in their own household. And we monitored heavily what they watched on TV. I didn't leave the theater to go to the bathroom, go get snacks. I'm there the entire movie. And right away, my daughter would do that before I could even do it. You know, but, is, but, but, but would she do that because you had a talk with her or did she just feel like, you know, I shouldn't be watching, you know what I'm saying, that because, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I never, or, I never had like a talk with her. I'm pretty sure at some point I would probably cover her eyes and then she just started doing it herself. It was never and, a conversation. And, you, and by the way, you just mean just any. Yeah, like, anybody, any, anybody, yeah, anybody displaying, you know, their, their tongues down each other's throats. Yeah, or, and, that, you know. and that's and, and that's what I get from it. And I think with the picture with the teacher, um, while the parents was angry, and once again, straight man thinking, straight world thinking mm -hmm. is that that may influence my child to think yes. that it's yes. okay. And in my household, I don't think this is okay. And that's just their bias, and that's their way yeah. of saying that they're not okay with it. Uh, because you're right, it could have been. It's just me and my friend on the picture. You don't know that, but because I divulged that this is actually my spouse, yeah. um, you may have come to the conclusion that you don't want to be displayed. That's, the that's a great point. I think is because they feel, I, I feel like people feel like same-sex relationships are just really all about sex. Right. So, you know, yep. so, okay, now you're influencing my child to have sex. Right, you know, with yeah. the same sex or sex period. Now they're thinking about it, and these are just two human beings that love each other. Absolutely, and that's together. Right, and, that, and that's a perfect segue into my next story. It 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 is literally when, and Jimmy's heard this probably several times, but it's literally when I <laughs> when I realized what you just said. When I realized it wasn't just all about sex, but I wanted to highlight what um, Raymond said earlier. You're absolutely right. There's a straight way of thinking i'll even say a straight man's way of thinking is like the the overall sort of uh energy of society right. society's way of thinking is like a straight person's way of thinking and right away we we sort of go to that especially straight individuals um before i share this story i do want to go back to the very beginning and say um and get uh raymond and natasha's view on the, that question about if you come off and you see Raymond on Instagram and if you pass, first of all, I forgot to give you your flowers. Raymond is like one of the coolest, most laid back people in the world. Same thing with Natasha. These two individuals, and I'm not making this shit up. I know it sounds like I'm kissing ass, but if, if you know these, these individuals, so like I know them, <laughs> if you know them like I know them, you would understand. Um, Raymond is is super helpful. We did we did a film. I'm so sorry. We did a film. We did two films. One that he starred in that we're gonna get into a little bit later because it's very relevant to this topic. Um, he was the star of the film. He was also helping moving equipment around. Probably held a camera or a mic or two. Um, anything you can think of. I think he cooked a couple of Jamaican authentic dishes or something. <laughs> like this dude, like he did, he did everything. And he was always the first to volunteer um to to lend a hand. And um, I, I want to give you your flowers as I did everybody else on the first episode. Kudos to you, man. You are an amazing person. And um, yeah, 
I, I'm I'm proud to know you and call you a friend. Absolutely. Now <laughs> listen, Natasha you. was in one of our films too. Natasha the theme got cut, but nonetheless, she was <laughs> in it. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, I, I said the first time, like I very rarely heard her speak, but we did um, Ravens Cry. We did our second film project in their house, actually. And um, I, I was the first one there, which is a rare occasion. And Natasha, <laughs> right. Natasha was the only one there and just the coolest person in the world. Like, super cool, super laid back. Like I said, she to me, she doesn't talk that much. But what she do is just, like, cool, mellow. <laughs> like, just, well, what she do? I appreciate that. The island vibes. I find it funny. I, I think I'm going to talk her head off all day. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Now but, you have to tell them about how quiet I am. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh-uh. no, when when Jimmy get quiet, he tired and he want everybody to get the hell out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, kudos to both of you. Uh, two wonderful individuals. Um, can't say enough about you both. I had to give you your, your your flowers. Absolutely. Um, but going back to the question, this was a question I had years ago. Um, before I knew better, but. To individuals that may think, hey, if Raymond can pass as a straight man, then why even be out? If Natasha can pass as a straight woman, you know, why even be out? Answer that question for us. Well, hmm. good, good question. Uh, because huh, just being in the Caribbean uh, background, I was asked that by a few family members. And they know me. I'm going to walk to the beat of my own drum. I'm going to be comfortable, you know? So because it's like, why, why would you, it came from a few family members, why would you choose to be, you know, different or, or ostracized or, you know, to be treated differently? You know, you can pass as straight. I just have to be myself at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I just really do uh, what I, there hasn't really been any backlash. I haven't. Well, if I did lose friends, they weren't my friends. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I really just just have to be myself. And that's the only way I'm going to live, the only way I'm going to feel free, the only way I'm going to be able to express myself, love. And that's, that's just it. So, yeah, there's no passing over here. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, for me, oh, gosh, I, I, I live in two worlds. And it's crazy that I said that I live in two worlds because I do live in two worlds. In America, I am the Raymond that you guys know. When I go home to Jamaica, I'm the straight, you can't no back, no tight jeans. It had to be some baggy jeans. I have no, I don't want to show no sign of gayness when I go home. And it's because of how I was brought up and I know how Jamaica is. So I don't want to walk down the street and somebody said something to me or approached me in a way that made me fear my own life. Um, but the reason why I chose to come out versus living this life of, okay, people are not going to know that I'm gay. So it's okay if I just do stuff behind the scene. But I got tired of doing that. It, it, was a, it seemed like I was hiding who I truly was as an individual to make other people happy. And the person that was feeling all that 
you know, self-worthlessness was me. I, I felt worthless. Like there's nothing worthy about me because I can truly identify who I am to my own friends and to my own family. Um, but I remember when I came out um, and I was says, my brother, even my brother says, but you don't look gay. Um, you don't talk gay. You don't walk gay. You don't sound gay. So I didn't know what that's supposed to be. And sometimes in the community, it's become difficult to, for me sometimes, because people look at me and say, well, you can pass. Yeah. Well, that's the bad thing is like, why do I need to pass in order to be comfortable? Because if I could pass, then what happened is that sometimes people don't approach me or they don't think I'm approachable because, oh, Hello. great. He this, he's that. Um, but it's just the way I was brought up. I can't, I can't be nothing else but who I am. And I could not live, quote unquote, being a straight man when I wasn't a straight man or carrying myself as a straight man when I wasn't a straight man. I was, I'm sorry. I carry myself as Raymond. That's it. And if Raymond walk masculine, but I'm a gay man, that's Raymond. If yeah. Raymond have a little twitch here and there, that's Raymond. But I, I'm just me. Yeah. And when I tell you, them nurses at the hospital, <laughs> they be just wanting to fill on rain. You know how many sexual, uh, uh, what's you call it, he can have, harassment he can have, because you can't tell them. They just be like, oh my God, his muscles. Oh my God, he's so. <laughs> and I be like, but where your husband at? Like, <laughs> where your son at? Yeah. And it be the, old, the older ones too. Oh, stop it. I, th I think it's something about the Jamaican voice. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got a lot during filming also. <laughs> but all different sides. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Great, great answers. Also, I lost my notes. Um, but great answers, by the way. I, I didn't even know. I felt like that was a personal question from me. Um, but both of you can relate. I didn't even expect that, honestly. Um, let me find my notes here. Maybe this is a good time to segue into a clip from the letter. Um, we're going to show a clip from the film that Jimmy and I put together. Um, really, it was Jimmy. Film series. The film series. The film series. I'll put the link in the description where you can go and watch it. It's on YouTube. It's on the Sock Snobs. Uh, web page, which is Jimmy Lee, his uh, <laughs> his, his alias, <laughs> one of his many <laughs> aliases. Um, but we'll show a clip of the letter series that starred Raymond. It was about the LGBTQ plus community. Um, it was very eye opening for me to do this. It was Jimmy's idea. I kind of jumped in on the project as it was already going, but really enjoyed every single uh, minute of it with the the writing, the production, the filming, everything. It was a blast. So we'll we'll go into a clip from, from that right now. How are you feeling? I'm not sure how to feel. You know what we do here. Like, how do I go out and even look at the kids we work with? How do I even tell them this? It's okay. It can be okay. It can't. This is what we do, Raina. Damn house. 
was the victim of a heinous hate crime in a street of murders of young gay men he's recovering. Hector say the suspect, who is now in custody, has been responsible for the deaths of at least five other men he met using online dating apps. All right, so that was a, a clip from uh, the Letters series. It was a four-part series, Jimmy? Four-part series, right? Yes. Four-part series. Yeah. Was it three or four? Four. Four. Four-part four. series. Four. So four. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take you guys' word for it. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's four. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, great, great film. If if for the listeners, if you have time to check that film out on YouTube, the link will be in the description. It was a great web series, and I'm not just saying that because I was a part of it. It, it really was an eye-opening experience for me. Um, learned a lot. I learned a whole lot about the culture. Um, so now getting into <laughs> the moment where I, I literally flashed like I understood. I was watching all aboard Rosie's family cruise. Rosie O'Donnell. I looked at I looked it up. I think it was 06. I thought it was a lot older than that. Cause I remember I remember being younger, but I thought I was still living with my mom. I was actually very much an adult with my own place at that time. So it's weird. I need to remember where I was when I saw it. But Craziest thing. I don't know how I started watching it, but I remember passing it by. I think it was on HBO, whatever channel it came on. I passed it by quite a few times. And one time I was flicking the channels and I went past and it was showing these two guys sitting in a, they're on a cruise, they're sitting in their room being interviewed and they're very emotional. So I stopped and looked, you know, what's going on here? And they were having a discussion and I hope that I'm still on point with this story. I believe they were attempting to adopt one of their nieces as their daughter and raise her. They were already raising her and taking care of her and all that stuff. And they just wanted to make it legal. And they also wanted to get married. This was before, you know, all the states started passing the laws where uh, they could actually get married. And I know a lot of this, I'm trying to stay away from details because it was 06, so I don't remember all the details. What I do remember was a defining moment in my life where I realized that it was not, being gay wasn't about sex. When I saw this man just pour down in tears and he just expressed like I never heard anybody express before, he said, I love him more than anything. I can't imagine my life without him. And I just want to be with him. And I just want to be able to say, this is my husband. This is my my person forever, just like anybody else can. That's all I want. And I got really emotional and I said, well, damn. And then, and this is going to lead me into my next question. I started putting that together with what I was pretty much taught my whole life through um, the, the, I'll say, I'll say religion because it, it, it feels very religious, but just with the Bible and all of that stuff, that it was not right. And anybody that, you know, goes against what's in the Bible and um, everything that's in the Bible, whatever, you go against that, you're going to hell. You know, let's just sum it up. You're going to hell. And then I started to put that with, okay, well, they really like, they re- I've always been able to tell whether somebody was bullshitting me or just bullshitting in general. And I'm like, this man is, he loves his partner, like really loves him. 
this has nothing to do with sex. So I'm sitting here, you know, like just totally blown away. And I'm putting that with, but damn, they still like really cool people, but it's a shame they're going to hell. Well, wait a minute. This don't make sense. This this is actually what I'm like processing in my head. Yeah. I'm like, this don't make sense. And then I started thinking about everybody that I knew because I've been working where I work at, which I don't give any love to any employer, but I've been, I've been doing what I've, what I'm doing for well over 20 years, I was a teenager going into what I still currently do as a profession. And in that profession, you know, you meet people that are LGBTQ plus. And um, I started thinking about everybody that I knew that I had that, that I knew personally, that was just like the coolest people. I can even take Jimmy, um, for example, one of the sweetest, coolest people that you will ever meet, give you the shirt off his back, you know, everything. And I started putting that with, (laughs) and I started putting that with, how can this person go to hell because of the partner they choose to be with, because of how they feel, who, who, who they prefer to be with. It didn't even make sense. This person would not harm a fly, but he going to hell. It didn't make sense. So, this was a pivotal moment in my life where I decided I'm not going to feel that way anymore. I mean, I wasn't all the way over there, but that was all that I knew. But I I, I remember deciding I'm not going to feel this way anymore because it don't make sense. And everything that don't make sense, I'm starting to wipe it out of my whole way of, of thinking at that moment. Um, and I lost my question because I got kind of wrapped up into that. I kind of went back to that moment. But it was it was pretty heavy for me. Oh, in all of your opinions, how does LGBTQ plus being gay or lesbian, how does that coexist with spirituality mm. and or religion? Mm. 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 Well, I'm not going to be just uh, short and sweet. Um, you know, I'm more... I, I mean, I was born and raised and bred a, a Baptist um, until I got older and started reading and uh, trying to understand and figure things out of myself, for myself. But like you just said, G, how can this, you know what I'm saying, this, this loving, kind person, you know what I'm saying, who is, you know, all into God and their religion, and they just love this other person. So my thing is, how many people went to hell living their life? You know, right. so how many people, you know, what I'm saying, you know, didn't get a chance to live their truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and God said, you know, you're supposed to, you know, be who you are or whatever it is, they say. But it's like then a lot of people went to hell because they weren't able to live and and, and be them, them true selves. So, you know, I just figure on the, the shoulders that I stand on, you know, I, I might as well, you know, be myself. And I and I and I so and I'm. To a certain degree, like kind of removed from quote unquote religion, yeah. um, and mine's become more and more uh, spiritual. You know, believing in my ancestors and the energies and and the goodness of the of of people. You yeah. know, so yeah, um, it's like removing yourself from. You know, it's a white man in the sky that's gonna come down and, and save you and forgive all your sins. Yeah. Hmm. Just just wait for him. He'll be here. Like a thief. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know. 
So, so when you think about all the things that we've been told and the things that the Bible has been used to perpetrate on us, it's like, well, damn, like, you know, like it's a whole lot of other stuff in that Bible, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah that's kind of, that's kind of my, my, my take on it. You know, I just try to, you know, leave that over there, you know, yeah. and, and, and you know what, you, you know, one thing they used to give me because I used to argue a lot, you know what I'm saying, with kind of religious people when I was coming into my own. And I used to question, you know what I'm saying, oh, you loving this God or this white man in the sky until I, you know, I had to learn that everybody's religion and spiritual thing is, you know, it's just, it's just that. It's it's theirs. It's their personal relationship with, with whoever their savior is. And I came to the conclusion, Yahweh, God, Jesus, Buddha, Kuda, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is that makes you want to be a better person, I'm rolling with. Whatever it is that makes you want to be a better, per, better person, who am I to say that's wrong? I love it. Yeah. So, you know, what's crazy about that um, question is that growing up, I said I wanted to become a minister. So I uh, started off going to basic school, which was uh, Adventist. Um, and because of going to a basic school that was Adventist, that's connected to a church, that's all I wanted to do was to minister. Uh, but, you know, as I get older, I want to say maybe about nine or ten, I know I was different then, really know I was different because I was looking at guys in the sense like, oh, he's cute, but I'm not supposed to be looking at him and thinking that, you know. But what I did for most of my life in Jamaica was, especially when I turned a teenager, I started to date girls. I used to run track, so I would date a lot of girls to try to mask the fact that I like guys. Um, And then I started thinking, but this is wrong. Based on what my grandmother, which was a minister, her mother was a minister. My aunt now ministers. Based on what they says, my lifestyle is wrong. <laughs> there was also another thing that they're saying in Jamaica that if you're gay, you go to the ocean, you're going to sink because men not supposed to penetrate men in, there, in the back. So clearly you're going to be open and water is going to come inside. You're going to sink. As a kid, they said all these stuff in Jamaica. And I used to believe these things. Um, But when I realized that the Bible and my spiritual being and being gay can coexist, I think is when I turned probably 19. Uh, That's when I realized, no, I can be a gay man and still believe in God. I can be a gay man and still believe God loves me, especially each and every time when I would usually hear my mom say, oh, God know what you're going to be before you were me here. Well, if he knew I was going to be a gay man, why would he make me be a gay man only for me to come and sin, only for him to send me to hell? Exactly. I didn't believe that. I didn't believe that concept. And I believe, like G said, I love who I love because my heart tells me to love that person. And if I have a heart that can love someone else, I think that's the what we strive to be as people. The Bible says, love thy neighbor thy, like you love yourself. But people will say, oh, he don't mean to be sleeping with them. But 
me loving someone doesn't always necessarily mean that I'm going to have sex with them right. or the, the relationship that I'm in because I love them is based on just sex. I love them because that's how, what I feel here. Yeah. The sex, the affection is something that comes as a part of being in love with that person. But it's not, that's not why I fell in love with them because if that was the case, I would have been fell in love with a lot of people I have sex with. And I, I don't fell in love with a lot of people I have sex with. So it has to be more than just sex. Church, people are going to say, this is what I usually say about religion. The Bible says one thing. People said something else. But if you think about it, the Bible was written by men. So as a person, I can change words to make you as individual follow my teaching, follow my leading. So for me, I need to find my Jesus, my God, my whoever it is on my own, not just through the Bible. Because everything in the Bible, I don't think is 100% of what the teaching of God, the teaching of Jesus Christ is, the teaching of whoever, Jehovah, whoever we want to say. Yeah. I think man manipulate the Bible so that they can be able to control yeah. how us as people move, think, and and and, and gather. Um, because why is it okay for me? I'm going to hell for being a gay man, right? But the same pastor that sit up there and preach that I'm going to go to hell for being a gay man, he fornicate. He having sex with other men. Uh, in church, I could go on with a list of things, but yesterday go on the pulpit and they preach to the demonize. That's not what religion is about. Yeah. Religion, spirituality is about. Long. Well, that's always been my <laughs> issue with the like structure of church because just growing up, you know, Baptist, grandfather, father, everybody's a minister and everything. Yeah. And I never felt safety really because it was just so much judgment right and like Rhonda like I was asking questions as a kid too so I'm in bible study like so if someone's Hindu or whatever you know they're going to hell because they don't believe in the same thing we like uh, uh, just this population agrees with and they're like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just it just didn't make sense you, it's, it's almost so like you get doomed just, just because of where you were born <laughs> right you, you want to hell exactly <laughs> So right. you, know, like, you, you, you was born on 63rd. Oh, <laughs> but you know, but if you're born in places in Asia, well, Buddhism is gonna be bigger there, right? So exactly. you're talking about people who may not ever even hear of Christianity exactly. or something else, though. Right. But I can build on what Raymond was saying for sure, because you were saying, uh, well, uh, for two reasons, uh, you were saying that you wanted to be a minister. I actually was one. So I'm, I was ordained as a minister. Um, but um, and, and by the way, that kept me sort of bound. Stop laughing. first. Of all. <laughs> yeah, you fuckers know I'm not one now. How about that? No. Jimmy would. <laughs> you said what, G? I said you would use that as often as possible. But no, but that obviously kept me bounded in the closet. I think in the last episode, I, I told you I was almost 40 when I, when I was 38. So 
it took forever to come out. You know, I had sucked a dick or two before then, but nonetheless, I was OMG. very much in the closet. So, um, <laughs> searching for the oh. sun. I never get that night. You came out to me. I laughed so hard. I was drunk. <laughs> but Remember anyway, but you said what? No. Okay. But anyway, so what I, I would say about that is that, yes, you, you do feel the weight of what you've been taught all these years sort of crushing down on you uh, when you are gay or lesbian or whatever. But one thing I want to uh, add where you say how um, people will use the Bible to manipulate uh, a population or whatever, what a lot of people don't realize, and I'm so glad, you know, one one of Crazy enough, one of one of my favorite classes in college was comparative religious studies. So you do see that um, all these different religions are more alike than you would ever realize, for one thing. And then much more to Raymond's point, what people don't know is that until right around World War II, um, like that, that 1940s era, era all the Bibles before that did not say gay was wrong. And a lot of people don't realize that you're looking at current Bibles that say that. You get an old Bible. What was very common in Greek and Roman culture was that there would be a man who would be doing sexual stuff with a little boy or whatever. And that is that is specifically what it said was wrong in the Bible prior to that time. And then they switched it when they... Um, uh, like I said, right, that was right around World War II. So if you get Bibles that are older than that and you read those same scriptures, they read very differently from what we have. And it, it doesn't, it's not as biased towards gay people as it is now. And as you guys know, during that time, it wasn't just like during World War II, it wasn't just Nazis killing Jews, but also gays, people who were mentally challenged and everything else. So, so I think that's important to note that, you know, current Bible says one thing. Older Bibles didn't say that. So you, you're right, it's left to interpretation. And sometimes those interpretations are what are used to manipulate entire populations. So, mm. so I mean, you know, gee, I was going to say this because I remember, I want to say I was probably 28 or 29 when I went home to, probably 28, when I went home to Jamaica. And like I remember, I said, my, my family is a preaching family. It's a minister family. Yeah. And I remember getting on the bus with my uh, aunt and I believe my, my mom, you know, had told her about my sexuality and this lady started preaching on the bus. You know, you see people minister down the street, minister. She was on the bus going back and forth on the public bus ministering. And she called me out. She says, what I'm doing is wrong. God says, and God, and I says, I could not wait for the bus to stop at the bus stop so I could get off. But you're just like, at any moment, if somebody on that bus who was so homophobic heard what she said to me, they could have harmed me. Yeah. And she, I don't think she was thinking about that. She was more thinking about her ministering to me that you could have done at home with me. Yeah. Um, but instead of to bring me out in the light, to try to shine some light on my sexuality. And, and that's a very serious yeah. risk in Jamaica. Yes. So, yeah. and the funny, and it, which is weird, you can be tourist and go there and be gay, 
But if you're from there and gay, oh my God, they yeah. They don't and it's, it's changing, you know. I, I have to give it to Jamaica. I have to give it to Jamaica that things are changing. You know, just like they have the gay and lesbian alliance here, they have them in Jamaica now. The mm-hmm. human rights campaign. You know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that changed. People used to yeah. love Jamaican song "Boom Bye Bye" in a Batty Boy head, not realizing that they're actually talking about killing gay people. Yeah, you know, Chichiman for dead faggots to die yeah you know we don't understand the culture of the music but yep the human rights campaign kicks in and says no 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 we can't condone these things because you are helping to send a message that killing homosexual or people who like people of the same sex is right and it's not right it's absolutely not right you got it absolutely i wanted to touch on what uh jimmy said earlier um I can remember. Damn it. Oh, when I said I had sucked the. F- oh, no. No, I didn't want to touch oh, on that at all. That. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to touch on that at all. It was something about It was something about the Bible. Maybe, maybe it'll come back to me. Um, but I wanted to definitely talk about Task Force and, um, and Dr. Bell before we got out of here. Going back to the letter series, and and this is this is definitely relevant to what Raymond just said. Going back to the letter series, I wanted to talk about my experience and how I felt a bit uncomfortable. Um, but then I thought to myself, "Hey, this is probably how you know some of these kids in here because it's it's young, it's um, teenage to like young adults, right?" Yes. Oh, and I'll and I'll uh, let you explain it, exactly what it is and and all of that. But I thought to myself in the middle of feeling uncomfortable because it was a ball and uh, we were shooting a scene and I was probably one of maybe two three. or three, three, <laughs> one of three people that was straight in there. And I thought to myself, this is probably how they feel every damn day of their lives. And that part made me feel a little bit more comfortable. In fact, it made me feel a lot more comfortable. And I allowed myself to sit in that in that space and just experience that. You know, I I didn't I wasn't off to the side. I was I was working. I was recording. You know, and um, I was I was really in tune with everything that was going on. So I was holding the camera, but at the same time, really taking in everything that I was experiencing at the same time. And it was something that I had, I had never experienced that before. The ball culture is, is huge in the community and I'd never been to a ball and probably never oh, even watched it. Yeah. I had never, never even watched it on, um, on TV before. So that was my first experience, but that was huge for me. Uh, but talk into uh, more into detail, either um, RJ or, or Raymond or both about the uh, the center and well, uh, task force and everything about that. Well, I'm gonna go back to meeting Dr. Bell in 92, 93, um, something of that nature. And um, you know, I wasn't out. You know, I was just a just that you know tomboy or whatever. You know, um, at that time, I think she was. Um, her, in her second year of uh, residency um, and uh, adolescence at the county. Um, 
actually my godmother, Crystal Cash, was uh Dr. Bell's uh what do you call it? Attending or whatever. Yeah. You know, and she kind of took Dr. Bell under her under her wing. So I actually got to see these these two beautiful uh women, you know, actually create something that's still going on to this day. But um, you know, I would I would talk to Dr. Bell about stuff and you know, and I started going to a center called Horizon that was way, way, way up north by Demon Dogs, if you know where that's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and it was a, you know, it was a drop-in center, but it was nothing like that in, in the hood, you know, not on the south side, not on the west side. It was just up north, Boys Town, you know, where all the gay people were. So, you know, that was a, a an experience. You know, I used to tell her go, about going there and stuff or whatever. And I think it was in what were we about 95, 96 that task force came about. So yeah, uh, yes. Uh, actually, task force, I want to say maybe 93, but it was downtown and it was more catered towards uh, older gay men at the time than what right. it is now. Right. And so um, however it happened or whatever, because I think then I, I went off to college, but, you know, Dr. Bell was able to, you know, acquire the space and, you know, made it a safe place for young black, you know what I'm saying? Actually, not just black, but Latino, you know what I'm saying? Kids of color, basically. Yeah. Um, on the west side of Chicago, there's no other place like Task Force in the city of Chicago that's been around as long as Task Force. Those kids come rain, sleet, blizzards, COVID, the whole nine, because it's the only place, and I found this out by going there, that these kids get to go that they can actually be themselves. Yes. You know, they they would come after school and they would go in them closets and they would get them donated wigs and heels and they would just be in in heaven, you know what I'm saying? With and, my own eyes, and 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 I kind of felt like you know this what this what it felt like for me in '92 and '93 to be able to go all the way up north to Horizons. But look how far I had to travel, you know. And it was only you know once every couple of weeks or whatever, you know. Task force, you know, Monday, Wednesdays, the kids can rent this center. So Dr. Bell was profound with that. I wish they would change it to the to the uh, uh, Dr. Bell Center. That's yeah. another story. But this is how she transformed um, a whole generation of doctors. Because Dr. Bell, what she was good at also is writing grants and getting grant writers. Because task force needed money. What she did was when they got residents that came in, because when you think about it, these residents are going to be the doctors to these kids. So she would bring the residents in and it would blow their mind because they would see the kids in that duck walking and dropping on their knees. And I was like, yeah, y'all got to take care of them in, you know, 20 years or so or whatever. But they, the doctors, you know what I'm saying? Some of them really learned about, you know what I'm saying? Being in the community and seeing, you know, the kids outside of them just, you know, coming in to the clinic or whatever. So that program was just like phenomenal. And not only, you know, that program was phenomenal, but, you know, Passwords became a place where you could teach, you know, the young youth about safe sex, you know what I'm saying, you know, HIV, um, you know, 
what, what, whatever it is, you know, they can come there and, and get tested. You know, um, one thing I, I didn't particularly like was that, you know, some people used to, you know, ride on his coattail because the thing the thing in the city is, you know, we don't have the money, but we have the kids. And then you have the places up north that have all the money, but they can't get the kids because the kids don't feel safe, you know, coming all the way up north. And why should they? When they have, you know, they can have access in their own community, but the money don't trickle down like that because, you know, where Task Force is, it's not a beautiful building with an elevator attached to a grocery store. No, okay. it's in the middle of the hood where you have these kids at that are contracting HIV and hepatitis and STDs. You know what I'm saying? So it's like she created something that's phenomenal and that's been there for, you know, 25, 30 years. And there's no other place, you know, like it. And it's it's a shame that, but it's now task force is starting to be acknowledged, you know, within the city for the things that they've done. So, so just to highlight a, a just a small little, little bit more, but because Rhonda is absolutely right, you know, like I said, when task force originally started, it was it always always been a, around the gay community, but was more targeted towards older gay men. Uh, and then um, they want to do something different. So they want to open up a school, which was called the School of Applicants, which was a, the Vogue School. And that's what they, they refer to it now as the Vogue School, which is Task Force. But one of the things that, that is great about Task Force versus Horizon, because I do have um, um, memories of Horizon too. I used to go to Horizon. Um, you know, Horizon, just like Howard Brown was catered towards the uh, more white gay kids. Um, but, you know, obviously us black gay kids that didn't have nowhere to go or didn't feel like we could stay at home with our family and we wanted to express who we were as uh, gay kids. So we'll go to this place because then you could be who you are. You could dress up how you want to dress up. You could kiki the way you want to kiki that I couldn't do at home. Um, but with uh, task force, you know, on the in the heart of the west side, it gives the younger folks do not have to travel all the way north, like Rhonda said, to basically get some of those services. Um, you know, task force is um, one of those agencies that do just more than provide a safe space because that's what it is. It is a safe space for young, gay, bisexual, transgender, or questioning, there are even straight youth that goes to task force just to learn yeah. the dog. So it, like I said, it is a stasis, but they also offer some um, other services like housing, you know, um, they have food, some psychosocial um, uh, services that is available. And they typically get funded through the Chicago Department of Public Health or some federal grant, um, and which is what they're working off right now, is funding through the city. Um, but, you know, without task force, I don't think a lot of young gay men, lesbian girls specifically, and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to say people who are truly identify as such, they're not hiding who they are, they want to be who they are wouldn't have a safe space to be because some of these young kids come here and they will tell us, well, look, I can't wear this heel around my house because I might get beat up, but I could come to task force and I could walk around in my heels. I could come to task force and I could put on my pink wig. I could come to task force and I could just speak the way I will want to speak and not, what up, man, trying to change my voice to give a persona that I think my friends and family wants. 
So it 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 is a marvelous um, place. I can't, you know, I can't say Rhonda have said enough about Dr. Bell because Dr. Bell is phenomenal in many ways than one. I met her in '97, and you know, just to be around her and actually be around her and saw her growth because um, I remember when. Dr. Bell would just be the, the physician that just go and see patient. And then she went from that physician where, no, I'm going to go out in the community and start doing stuff. When Dr. Martinez, who was the head grant writer, he taught her a lot of stuff and she take it and she run with it and she become the community doctor. Uh, so when people, you know, hear Dr. Bell name in the community, they can remember, oh, that is the doctor that loves to take care of adolescents. That is the doctor that want to make sure that adolescents stay free of any type of health uh, inequities that may make their life difficult, whether it's HIV, whether it's diabetes, whether it's, you know, uh, obesity. She works on so many different things to make young people life much better. And, I, and I'll add, and, and partly to give uh, you guys uh, an explanation as to why I wanted to make sure that that was featured in the film. Um, and, and also it goes into, uh, gee, the whole idea of this video, this whole misconception of being gay, because a lot of people don't realize how many of these young people are getting kicked out of their homes when they're 12, 13, 14 years old, when they tell their family members they're gay. And just like you guys were saying, um, I've seen people at the task force uh, community center, literally I've watched people get off of the bus and, you know, walk into what up, man, you know, whatever, and literally walk through the door, dip over into that closet, grab a red wig and a pair of heel boots and turn into a whole different person. And, and I've seen the transformation like literally before my eyes. So so what she did was, like you said, a wonderful thing. And Rhonda, RJ introduced me to uh, Dr. Bell when we were in high school. That's how long ago it was. And um, but, but what she's done there, uh, I think has been phenomenal. So I think Dr. Margot Bell needs to get her flowers as well as we, uh, uh, do this. So, um, but but I think that was very important to feature in the film because those types of safe spaces, social services, uh, like you said, assist housing assistance, um, assisting uh, folks with testing and uh, with their transitions and all of that stuff, those are very important resources that they would otherwise not have and are not available for marginalized communities. So, um, so I wanted to make sure they were highlighted and done properly. Um, and, you know, because we have to sort of tell our own stories sometimes because nobody else was telling it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Dr. Bell. Um, yeah, that's amazing. We definitely need more places like this in the community. Um, I want to say I witnessed it myself um, from a just my own perspective. Like I said, I, I kind of gave you know my part. Yeah, I was there doing a film, but I was very much 100% involved in this project. I wanted it so bad. The misconception that gay was an idea back then also. Like I said, I didn't know if it was going to be a, a film or whatever, but I, I don't think I even shared it with Jimmy. I didn't share it with, with anybody. That's how much of a jewel I felt like it was because here I am, this sponge, you know, being being able to be in, in these different situations and just soaking up 
experiences. I saw firsthand and I felt firsthand the energy of the kids coming in and, and going in the closet and everything. Cause I had uh, uh, given some clothes and that just reminded me also, I'll talk to RJ offline. Cause I got a ton that I was just going to take locally and I don't want to do that. That's why I've been holding on to it and we'll talk offline. But um, I literally saw kids putting on the stuff that I had just brought and we don't realize straight America, let's say this, the straight world, straight males, we don't realize how easy it is for us to just navigate the world, to just walk around and be our masculine sports playing selves and whatever this, you know, we, we like, like I said, the, you know, you can say society thinks like a man, you know, thinks like a, a, a straight man or whatever. That's, that's the foundation of, of the, of the thought. That's how I view it, and it's, it's very unfair, and we don't realize how easy we have it just being able to be ourselves as soon as we walk out the door. But I witnessed that, and I felt it, each and every single person coming in there and really being themselves. You know, so I got a look or two, like, who the hell is this guy? But it was, you know, it was nothing about me. It was just they were there in their space of comfort, and I was like, Wow. It was it was an amazing thing to witness. And like I said, I'm glad it was captured in film. Please check out, if you're listening to this, please check out the Letters series. Once again, I'm not saying it's trying to promote something that we did, we all had a part of. <laughs> RJ, <laughs> I got the <laughs> RJ was whooping ass in there. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I just mm. thought about that. But it was a, it was a great film. <laughs> hey, but you know, you know something that, that I experienced at Task Force that really touched me one day. It was this this pretty little straight girl, and uh, one of the one of the one of the boys um, was was her really good bestie. Yeah. And one day she brought her boyfriend. She made her boyfriend come to the center with her. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, and he stayed the whole time and. You know, Kiki and Kaka with the boys, but I, it it was it was you know, and they say the children shall lead them, and it was just amazing to me how you know he liked this girl enough, and her best friend is gay, you know, but he's gonna come to the center and just you know hang out and, and vibe, and it's almost like he'll get a better under understanding of you know, like oh you know they just like us, they like to kick it and you know do they thing or whatever, you know what I'm saying. Yep. So to me, that that that's where you know uh, a task force wow. you know comes comes in too. Yep, absolutely. That is crazy. man. We we cannot say enough about it. It, it shouldn't be the only place. Uh, thank God that it is that it exists, but it shouldn't be the only place. There should be tons of places like this in these communities, and hopefully, this will sort of With set all it off. Abandoned buildings and property this the city got. That you know, you come they ain't got nothing for the for the kids to do. Right. Eh? And I actually helped a friend set up one in another state um, modeled off of what Dr. Bell did there. I just ran down all of the thing, all of the services that um, they that, that you guys are providing here. And, and it's a model that probably can be can that can be done anywhere. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? In the in these underserved communities anywhere in, in this in, in this country. Yep. Absolutely. And by the way, this was a straight woman setting this up because of a family member who was sort of being ostracized and did not have 
any she she looked and could not find any resources and if her you city. Build it, they will come yeah, and, you know and now the place is popping so you know and that's usually how it starts jimmy and it's unfortunate that you know sometimes it takes someone personal experience to open that open their box up yeah come out of it and see that around them there's everything else other than them um yes. because you're absolutely right because um without People having direct impact of it, they just overlooked it. It's it's not my issue. It's not me, yeah. and it's not just about this the gay thing. It's anything in life. You know, we we tend to just bypass it because it have nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. But in well, do. respect, it does have everything to do does, with, yeah. with yes. all of us. Absolutely. Uh, once again, I cannot thank all of you enough. Um, I've taken up enough of your time. Um, I, I can. I cannot say thank you enough. You know, the the knowledge that each and every one of you share shared on here is remarkable. Um, I always learn a lot just, just being around each and every one of you. It's always a good time. <laughs> always fun times. Um, once again, shout out to Dr. Bell. What she's doing with Task Force is great. I'm going to put the links below uh, with Raymond's permission. If anybody out there that's listening that may want to throw a little donation to the center, I'll um, with Raymond's permission, I'll put his socials or even with RJ, I'll put your socials in there because Raymond's a model and an actor and he does it all also. So, you know, if you want to contact him. I'm looking for work. Well, take off your shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes I just don't want to always be half naked. Hey, hey I told you I I'm a person. I got feelings. I got feelings. Right. Just this body. <laughs> yeah, I have to say that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for um, joining me on this episode. Uh, this is episode 31 to recap. Uh, the misconception of gay, and hopefully, with uh, episode thirty and thirty-one, we cleared up some of the misconceptions, if not all, for our listeners out there. Remember, if you're listening on a traditional podcast, you can always watch it on Rumble.com/user/slash/the-damn-podcast. Um, there's also a YouTube channel that I just started. It has episode twenty and up, so this will be on um, both of those channels. It's a bag up. YouTube is a bag up. Because of all their rules, Rumble, um, you can put pretty much anything on there. So I'll continue to do both channels. And if you're watching us and you don't have time to watch the next episode, you prefer to listen, all you have to do is search Daylight and Moonshine on any on any platform that streams podcasts. We're on all of them. Um, so you can check it out um, on the go. When you're on the go, just pop an earbud in and listen to our shenanigans. So. Um, Anybody got anything in closing that you want to say to the world about the misconception of gay? I'll say this. Um, and and we couldn't do this without, you know, having an opportunity to say something very simple. Just don't be cruel. Don't be assholes. Um, this is a community where suicides are high. Um, A lot of people have lost their lives who are gay, lesbian, trans because of being bullied or um, whatever, and then they're driven over the edge. Uh, Like I said, people who are thrown out of their homes and find themselves in situations where 
They're living with folks they shouldn't be living with, doing drugs they shouldn't be doing and everything else. So it, it's already a, a, a tough community. And and there's segments, you know, because there's this idea that, uh, oh, the gays, they get whatever they want now and all of this stuff. Listen, there are levels to everything. So um, there's mainstream gay. There is uh, minority there's gay, gay, urban gays, you know, whatever. So. You, you, you know, there are levels to this and everybody uh, is not out here just winning. It's hard for a lot of people. So don't be the, the butthole that sends somebody over that bridge or, or, you know, whatever. So that's one thing I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say. Real quickly, I do want to throw this. I just remember what I, I couldn't remember earlier. Can we clear up real quick? the difference between or just clear up in general i don't want to even set it up but let's clear up the the um correlation between just being gay and being a pedophile oh. you mentioned it earlier in the in the uh, about the bible in general when they were talking about yeah you know so you that that's another up. misconception a um huge misconception know. I can't say everything I want to say right now. But, you, you, um, you just had a teacher that just got caught with her 16-year-old student sending him nudes or whatever. Then, he, you know, he was blackmailing. Pedophilia, you know, goes with all the races and, and, and the colors and men, men and uh, women. And, um, and less likely amongst uh, gay men, actually. Right. Let me tell you one thing that people don't realize about pedophilia. Um, a they call them predators for a reason, right? And the reason they are predators, uh, just like any other predator out there in the jungle or whatever, you select your prey very carefully. You are going to, had you ever realized that um, the folks who are almost always preyed upon are marginalized folks, girls, um, poor people, gay boys, because A, you're not going to tell nobody or they're not going to believe you or, you know what I mean? So um, one of the, if you're going to be a pedophile, the most important part is choosing your victim carefully. Somebody who is either not going to tell or not going to be believed if they do. Right. So this idea that, oh, you're gay. So you got to be out here touching little boys, booty holes is stupid right and look at how many quote unquote straight men um have been uh caught or learn you know we learned later that they were molesting a young boy whole got whole wise and, and the closet culture contributes to that too right so you have folks who are married with kids in relationships and have been gay their whole lives but couldn't come or don't feel that they can come out and this is what they do. You know what I mean? So those are the types of things to consider. And the funny thing is half the time when you're pointing the finger at the gay person in the family asking if, you know, did, did Uncle Ronnie touch you or whatever? No, it was your fucking husband that touched him. All yeah. right. So, so that is one thing that I, at least I want to add about Pedophiles. Yeah, pedophiles are attracted to children. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Gay, lesbian, us people, we like grown peoples. Yeah. I was just going to say that. So we can safely say that an, an adult uh, gay man or a lesbian woman will look at a child just like a straight man or woman yeah. will look at a child. That's a child. 
Yes. And a pedophile will look at it and a predator. That's okay. Prey. That's 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 what I wanted to clear up. And the crazy part about this is I'm a gay man. And if you're 24, I think you're too young. Yeah. Why am I even gonna look at anything younger than that? Yeah. My mind is not there. I, I don't think your sexuality determines your pedophilia. Absolutely. It, it's something here that does, it's not being gay or being uh, straight. But, you know, one of the things that, okay, you can finish in them because I was going to, this is one thing you wanted to say. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I could go right into it? Yeah, go right into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the, the one thing that I want um, people to understand that, you know, just like people, people come in all different color, different size, different shape. Gay people comes the same. No. You have gays that are over the top. You have gays that are in the middle, and you have gays that are just humble. Gay? Like, no, just humble. You you just like you don't need to know that I'm gay to rock with me. If you're gonna rock with me, rock with me because you're rocking with me. So I don't I'm, I don't need to showcase my sexuality to the world to say, but I'm still a gay man and I still carry myself as such, but I'm not gonna be out there kiki screaming and, and, and lollygagging and all the other things. And then the other thing that I feel very bad about because I remember this happening is like when I worked at Laurie's, I had a group of straight carvers and obviously I wasn't the only gay person that works there, but they would not hang out with the other person because they were very flamboyant. Mm -hmm. And they would hang out with me because it says, you don't look gay, so you can pass. If we out on the street and they're from the hood, our boys would think you're straight. And I was okay with that because it makes me fit in, but mm -hmm. not realizing that I was ostracizing someone else because mm -hmm. they did not fit those individual um, frame of mind. So, you know, we are all different people and we have to understand that we're not going to react or think the same and have to be okay with that. Absolutely. And it's not all about sex. Because <laughs> if so, I wouldn't be gay because I don't have well, anyway. I'm just, I'm just out here dry. You know? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna go. I need some tacos. I was just about to say, Natasha, RJ, you got anything in closing? I love y'all. I just want everyone to be more compassionate towards each other. Yes, definitely. We're all human. We're all, uh, you know, having a human experience. So absolutely, just be right. kind to one another. Y'all get ready for the end of the days. Okay, go get tacos. Uh uh. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up. Once again, thank every single one of you for coming. I hope that uh, you come back, each and every one of y'all, on a different topic. We can top it, chop it up and um, have some fun. Please come back. Dr. Bell, your flowers are waiting for you. Also, if she wants to come to uh, um, the Daylight and the Moonshine and, and, and talk about whatever, um, please come oh, on through. Okay, so we'll wrap it up. Thank y'all for coming out. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please join us on the next episode, episode 32. And until then, we love y'all and we out. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.